This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Beck. It is Pat and Stu. Welcome. Uh, we have uh, all kinds of stuff from the uh, horrific primary last night. Of course, uh, <laughs> Trump sweep, swept. swept. Uh, he sweeped. He swept up last night. Yeah. All five states. As predicted. But As everybody pre- knew it was going to happen, and it did. There was zero chance he was going to lose any of those states. I will say his margins were larger than uh, than were predicted. He outperformed the polls in most aspects. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did a good job last night. The best um, showing for Ted was in Pennsylvania, a uh, distant second. He was 35 points behind Trump. 35 points. Was, was Kasich was closer in, was, in a state or two, wasn't he? It, uh, Kasich was closer in every other state. Than Cruz. But was he closer than, than 35? I uh, don't know that. I don't think so. Okay. I, I mean, it was just I mean, it, it was, was blowout city. Uh, Cruz got three blowout. delegates last night. Uh, three. Uh, Kasich got Oof. five, I think, and then Trump got everything else. So it's a great night for Trump, and I would say a better night than expected. Mm-hmm. With the last two weeks, he has made up for his losses, his underperforming in mm-hmm. Colorado, Wyoming, things like that. Um, so the wins were from the previous weeks from Cruz were wiped out by Trump, and then we go to Indiana. Um, you know, it's not. I think a lot of people feel like it's over. Nope. Um, because, and I understand that because, you know, the people who are saying that uh, and the people who are feeling it, and a lot of people, you know, on, you know the Trump people on, on Twitter today are very excited. And, and you'd expect that. They're emotional people. Obviously, they wouldn't be voting for Trump. Uh, that's, that's what they are. Now, that does not mean that Trump, that it isn't over. It may very well be over. If I believe, this is me saying this, not the campaign or anything like that, not even Glenn, but, you know, if Cruz loses Indiana, I think he's toast. I mean, that's my personal belief. I, I, I think if he loses Feels that, because if he loses mm-hmm. a state that he has a good chance, of, th- these were states that he had no chance of winning. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he loses a state that he did have a good chance of uh, um, winning in, in Indiana, it's going to be very difficult. It's not going to be mathematically over because he's probably going to go through a good run of states with Montana, with uh, South Dakota, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. He'll do well there, and he would still have a chance to come in like, you know, maybe if he wins California after that, he could turn this, this loss around. My, my instinct is if he loses Indiana, he's not going to be able to win California. Um, so, again, I'm throwing that out there as just a, you know, it's just a prediction. But I think uh, it's, it, you can't say it's over until Indiana. I think after Indiana, it's going to be fair to say, all right, look, you know, Trump's going to get to 1237. It's not going to be sure, but I think there's a good chance of it. I guarantee if he does lose Indiana, they're not going to give up because they're going to see, okay, if we can win California, we can still do this. But it's going to be, I think, a long shot at that point. 
a real yeah, long shot. And it's already a long shot. He has to win Indiana, and I think he's going to. So we'll see. Um, but uh, it's definitely, and we've said this all along, Indiana is the firewall. Mm-hmm. It, it really is Most the firewall. Most important state. I mean, so. Cal- that and California are basically the entire election right now. Yep. If, let's say, if Cruz wins both of those states, we're definitely going to confess, contest a contesting convention. If Trump wins both of those states, we're definitely not going to contest a convention. That's as simple as that. In the middle, there is you know, Cruz winning uh, uh, Indiana and Trump winning California. If Trump's winning California is convincing, it still might not matter that, uh, that Cruz won Indiana because Trump overperformed the last couple of weeks. But he'd have to still have a strong victory in California to get to 1237. Trump is an absolute disaster of a Republican candidate. I, I don't understand how anybody in the Republican Party is enamored of him. I don't... He just did this Matt Lauer interview the other day where he... Uh, uh, it was a good... It was an NBC Today show. And it was Savannah Guthrie and Lauer. And Guthrie asked him, uh, do you, are you in favor... Or do you think the taxes should be raised on the wealthy? And he said, I do. I do. What what Republican says that? What conservative says that he thinks that Republican that that the taxes should be raised on the wealthy? And during that same interview, he also said that uh, the Wall Street people make too much money. I do think they make too much money. You suppose you tell us you have ten billion dollars? What do you mean they make too much money? Mm. What are you talking about? Where does that come from? What kind of hypocrite is a billionaire? Talks about how greedy he is and wants to make more and more and more and then accuses other people of making too much money. What kind of pandering buffoon does that and how do you survive in a Republican primary that way? I don't know. I, I, it's mm. the most inconceivable thing I've ever seen. I, I just, I can't for the life of me get my head around it. Well, you are going to win. No, we don't have to win with a guy who's the same as Hillary. He says all the same stuff. <laughs> what the hell difference does it make if we win with this guy? <laughs> right there. What difference does it make? None. I think it's, I think He's it's, worse than Hillary. Yeah, he doesn't know as much as Hillary. He's stupid when it comes to any issue. He doesn't know anything about it. Uh, agreed on all fronts, though. I do think he would be worse. I mean, because, be worse. again, the difference, the significant be difference worse. between Trump and Clinton is that Clinton has a Republican opposition. D- D- Trump would have no... That's part uh, of it. limited Repu- part of it. Republican... I mean, because I think they both the other would do part a lot of it, of the She things. knows the government. She knows how it works. Yeah. She's got experience. He has none. He doesn't know what he's doing. He says he'd surround himself with good people. We've seen that's not even no, true. he definitely can't do that. I mean, that's actually probably what he's worse at. Jeez, is, he, is he worse at anything than, other than surrounding himself with good well, people? I don't Roger know. Stone for 40 years? You couldn't figure out in four decades that this guy's a dirtbag? Uh, 40, 40 years? It's. I mean, four minutes, anyone could realize this guy's a dirtbag. You can't figure it out in 40 years? Uh, it's amazing. Um, do you want the pro cruise side of this? Yeah. This is from uh, uh, Drew Ryan. He, he was on the show. He's, he works for a super PAC for Cruz. So, you know, as he even says in the article, you know. Was he I, the guy I, that was on last week? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He says, even in the oh, article, okay. he says, uh, I, I work for a, a Cruz super PAC, so I'm only partially uh, uh, fair on this. Um, okay. I mean, he's obviously he's got a dog I don't care. I want to hear but it. But he'll listen anyway. So Trump comes out of this with about 955 delegates, okay? 
Trump, uh, it, now again, Cruz wins Indiana. As he, and now he's saying right, that. Right now, as it stands, he has 955. Yes. Right? And Cruz has something like 556. Well, Cruz's number doesn't mean anything right now. Okay. Um, you just got to keep All Trump right. under 1237, right? Okay. So uh, Cr- he's saying that the Indiana internals look good for Cruz. Okay. He's saying Trump might win nine delegates in Indiana. Okay. Um, he will get, Trump will win the majority of the delegates uh, out of West Virginia on May 10th. Will he? Um, which will bring him to about... To, what happened to West Virginia? That used to be a pretty solid GOP state, wasn't it? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it still is a GOP <clears throat> state. It's just a, a Trump G- I mean, GOP state. That's bad. Um, so that's that's bad. Not, that brings it to saying about let's uh, something in the neighborhood of 970 delegates. Okay. Um, then you are at uh, Nebraska. Okay. All 36 of those go to Cruz. Nice. Oregon. Um, he says, yes, I am fully aware of the Cruz-Kasich deal regarding Oregon, but the majority of the delegates then are not going to Trump. The same in Washington State, where most of its 44 delegates will go to Cruz. Montana and South Dakota, Cruz country. Trump will not win one of the 56 delegates from those two states combined. Oh, nice. Because those are winner-take-alls, I believe. Okay. Um, New Mexico, proportional, and the latest poll had Trump up two points over Cruz with Kasich trickling badly. The game there is still afoot. New Jersey, Trump will take all 51. Yeah. And he says, and no yeah. one will care. <laughs> and then the finale in California with 172 delegates. At this stage of the game, Trump will likely to be at or just past 1,050 delegates. Does 1,050 plus 172 get him to 1,237? No. He, where, he, will he win 172 delegates in California? No. no. So, again, there's a way to look at this and be optimistic. The question is, can he get close enough? To, uh, I mean, he probably needs to get 11... <sighs> 11.75 to be largely sure, especially if what's going on with this Pennsylvania thing uh, is true, uh, where they're saying he got 39 unpledged delegates there. If he got those, uh, he's probably in the area. Uh, to win on the first ballot. To win on the first ballot, because he'll, get, he'll pick off a few others here and there, surely. surely. I mean, I can't imagine everyone's going to stay strong with Cruz. or Some people will be convinced by the, you know, the new, you know, the, the, Sort of the news of it all. Um, here's Nate Silver's take. Um, suppose Trump finishes with a, with a hundred of 109 delegates, um, which from last night, which seems about right. Um, not counting counting any uncommitted delegates in Pennsylvania, that would put him on pace for 1,209 delegates. Based on the state-by-state projections uh, that the expert panel did last month, close enough that he could probably get over the top with 1237 with Pennsylvania or elsewhere. True, the panel had him winning Indiana, which is a long way from assured. But the point is that Trump has made up the ground for he lost in states like Wisconsin and Colorado. Um, So that's kind of where we are. It feels like it's insurmountable. But again, this is coming off of six straight losses. You're about to see if he wins Indiana, a nice run Mm -hmm. of success for Ted Cruz. And it's going to feel the other way. It shouldn't be about feelings. It's about numbers. It's about votes. It's about math. And right now uh, you have a situation where if it does depend on Cruz actually winning Indiana, and there's a case to be made that Trump with this momentum will the people in Indiana will say this is over. Screw it and not go to the polls, and Cruz will lose Indiana, and then it probably will be over. But if Cruz can win Indiana and string together a few wins, this sort of situation is very possible, mm-hmm. where it can come, it will go into California with, Cruz, with Trump having a chance, if he sweeps California to get the nomination, if he doesn't, to fall a little bit short, and then you go to a second ballot. It's, it's possible. It's not time to, I will say it's definitely not time to give up. Uh, after Indiana, there's going to be a lot of people saying it's time to give up. 
I might even agree with you. If he uh, lost. I would assume the can yeah, if, if, if I would assume the campaign will not agree with that because California is still enough of a big deal. There's so many delegates there that if he could come out with a surprise in California, which is possible, yeah. uh, you know, he could still turn it around. I mean, remember, we all we are all living in this world in which we kind of feel like that nothing could affect Donald Trump with Republican with his core. That probably can't be true, right? I mean, everybody, I mean, Sarah Palin, there there's probably was not a stronger group of supporters in Sarah Palin than the world of talk radio, who she has now done enough that most people are done with her. Um, yeah. Look, so uh, mm-hmm. you can do it. You can turn around people. Trump is not invincible in this way. And obviously, he's certainly not invincible past this little group of people uh, when you're talking about Republican primary voters. I mean, he's incredibly unpopular. But he could do something that could turn it around, and maybe he could lose California. Who knows? Um, I, don't ex- I don't foresee that coming, though. So I think Cruz does need to win Indiana. At least that's, you know, again, my opinion. I can't wait to see his foreign policy uh, discussion today. What time is that? I don't know. Going He'll on be, right now. Um, oh, it huh? is. He's supposed to get started it's right around just now. Just about to happen. He'll so likely be reading it though. So it sh- if, if he's, if he it, will, if, and it will be some from speech, somebody else. It'll oh, be Jared Kushner. Fox is waiting for it. It'll be uh, yeah from somebody else. So <laughs> it's a speech, which a foreign policy speech is going to be written probably by his stepson or son-in-law. I mean. Um, uh, Jared mm. Kushner, who is a you know a guy who runs the Observer, right here he owns the Observer, uh, but he's a you know pretty well versed and he's pro Israel and, and pretty well versed in that. So again, he he wrote the speech that Trump read off the teleprompter to um, the Jewish gathering he went you mean to. The state that uh, Trump's not going to take sides on, right? That, that, that yes. place. Yes. Okay. <laughs> he didn't. That was right, not. I just wanted for to make him. sure that line was not written. For not him. written for him. No. Okay, but he doesn't want to take sides because he wants to be. No. The speech, fair and impartial when he negotiates the deal between them. The speech he read said mm-hmm. he would take sides, essentially. Yeah. But he, that was because he was reading someone else's speech. And, and he also said, even though we won't take sides, nobody's been a stronger supporter of Israel than him. No, Nobody. <laughs> what? Okay. Mm. Uh, so, anyway, that's coming up in a few minutes. Uh, is there any, any way we can take that speech? Um, because that would that would be fascinating. I'm I'm interested yeah. to see that. Can we look into that? It's going to be good. Uh, let's look into that. Blaze stream or something. Uh, also, half of Americans think presidential nominating uh, system is rigged, and that's because Donald Trump keeps saying it. Yep. Uh, it's so unbelievably not true. It's so stupid to allege that you have to be a complete buffoon to say it and to believe it, because this is the process that's been going on. For about a century and a half, it's been going on for a long time. Uh, In 1924, interesting stat I just found out today, the Democrats uh, were, you know, trying to elect somebody to run against Coolidge. And it took them 103 ballots. 103 (laughs) ballots before they got a nominee. Man, I bet you there were all kinds of tweets about that going on. Yes, there. Oh, the tweeting was... Being stolen! Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, if it takes a ballot or two, a couple of ballots at the convention, is that a big deal? I mean, in the history of the country, much stranger things have happened. It's... Phenomenal how nobody cares about that now, though. How I mean, it pedestrian it's been lately. I mean, we haven't even had a contested right. convention of the GOP since 1976, so we forget that sometimes. But this is just business as usual in the nominating process. Nobody's rigging. Nobody's. If they were changing the rules as it went along in the primary, 
then, you know, you might be able to have some sort of uh, gripe. You might have a grievance of some sort. Yeah, I, I but think they're not true. doing that. I, and I, I again would stand with with Trump if he gets to twelve thirty seven and they try to Sadly, change rules to to overturn yeah. it. I mean, I yeah, I don't they want, won't look. I, but I, they won't. You know, you know, I don't. I, that's not the way you win. You know, I mean, Trump would do that. He would change yeah, the rules in a second to yes, win. But I mean, that's not how I want to win. Um, now remember what you said, nineteen seventy six. Again, it's only been there's only been nine elections since then. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, there's only been nine. So the fact that we've gotten nine elections without a contested convention isn't that big of a deal. Contesting conventions do happen. They've happened a lot through history. Some of them have been much messier, as you point out, Pat. Mm -hmm. Abraham Lincoln, uh, going back that far, you know, had nine. You know, he had nine. Um, it happens. It happens often uh, throughout our history. It's just that lately, there's. It's a little bit more. I think media helps these things go away a little bit because you take someone, for example, like a Donald Trump, mm -hmm. and you tell people. For months and months and months and months and months, thousands of times a day, that he's the front runner and the uh, the guy who's probably going to win, and eventually people start believing it. It's not just Donald Trump. Mitt Romney versus Rick Santorum is another example. Of that Rick Santorum was, while he was not going to win, uh, most likely he was not out of it by any means. He just the media pounded that he had no chance, no chance, no chance, no chance, and then uh, once. The me once that word got out and permeated enough, all of his donations dried up and he couldn't run a campaign anymore. That sort of stuff happens a lot more these days. Um, so it's um, it's less likely to have a contested convention. But again, as you point out, it's only been nine. I mean, mm -hmm. it was it was 1976. There was one, um, and you know we're we're going to be doing some more of this in the, in the coming weeks, going over these things. Um, but again, he's got to win Indiana to get there. And if he gets there, if Cruz can get there, I think he's got a great chance of winning on that second ballot. Yeah. He's the most likely guy yeah. to win on the second if we can ballot. Keep him, if we can keep him away from the nomination on the first ballot, then Cruz really comes into play mm -hmm. and may win this thing. Triple eight seven two seven. Beck, more Pat and Stu coming up in a sec. Started off with uh, your short-term emergency food supply. Uh, that's uh, my Patriot Supply. You know what we're talking about by now. Patriot, mm -hmm. My Patriot Supply is the, the, the people that we trust for preparation needs, whether it's when you, you know, do a quick, basic 72-hour you know, kit mm -hmm. or you want to go all the way up to you know, floor-to-ceiling every inch of your home filled with supplies. Yeah, they could do that for you. Uh, but right now, they've brought back their best offer ever, uh, also known as the stupid good deal. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's, uh, I didn't, I've it's never called heard. that in a lot of circles, the stupid good deal. Mm. It's, uh, mm. it's the one where you can get a 72-hour emergency food supply, three days of food, 10 bucks. Yeah, you'll instantly save about 60% uh, or so right nice. off the bat. Uh, just 10 bucks. Uh, it guarantees that you can eat for 72 hours in any emergency. And it takes that long for help to arrive if you need it. But it's so much better to not have to rely on somebody else. So give them a call today, 888-411-6844. That's 888-411-6844. We should point out, too, by the way, Pat, uh, before you go on, mm -hmm. um, don't leave this supply in the room with Jeffy. Yeah, that's... Even for a tip. moment. It's only three days of food. He can go through it quickly. Good okay. I would say you have a pretty good idea of when it's going to be delivered at your home as well. Just a thought. Are wow. you saying that to the audience or to us? Uh, yes. Triple eight four eleven sixty eight forty four or preparewiththeblaze.com. The founder of this company 10 years ago was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company, and it went into business, I think, three years ago. 
Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to this show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Here's a, uh, an NFL star who's about to be persecuted beyond belief because he's, he's, not, he's not towing the line here. He's, oh, no. He's not doing what he's supposed to do. Oh, no. Uh, I hate when that happens. You get a, let's get a shot of this poor guy who's about to, Yep, there he is. Oh. Right there. Right there. That's, oh. Chris, uh, that's uh, Christian. He's a Christian man, Benjamin Watson. Uh, he posted a strongly worded reflection on North Carolina's House Bill 2. Requires transgenders, of course, to uh, use public restrooms and change facilities that correspond to their biological sex. Oh, how hateful. You mean if I have a wiener, I have to go into the men's room? What kind of hate is that? Just so ridiculous. Anyway, in the piece posted Facebook over the weekend, Watson says... He's been reflecting on the so-called bathroom bill for a long time, but he notes that he was careful to read the legislation in its entirety, something that most of the uh, detractors, I'm sure, have not done before sharing his thoughts. He said, what's disheartening is that we're buying the lie that feelings trump all else and that how one feels can only be accepted and celebrated (laughs) instead of addressed and challenged. Wow. That's pretty profound. Mm. What a great way to put it. Your feelings can only be accepted and celebrated instead of addressed and challenged. Like if somebody who, who is a man biologically walks up to a woman's restroom, asks the manager, hey, I, I am feeling like a woman today. You could address that situation. Are you really? Well, you know what? We've got the feelings of the women in the bathroom to consider, too. We're going to have to ask you to, to go ahead and use the men's room. I, I mean, is that not the way to do it? You've addressed it, you challenged it, and you took care of the situation. But instead, we just have to accept and celebrate. He says, when we justify our condemned laws and creeds because of the level of anticipated effects on my life, we miss the point. Tolerance and inclusivity has somehow turned into the very thing it claims not to be and is quite often characterized by name-calling and accusations of bigotry and hatred. Although it sometimes does, fundamental disagreement does not necessarily mean hate is involved. But the immense fear of being associated with these smartly and strategically used labels forces many to choose to be silent at a time when it matters most. Really smart article written by this guy. And perhaps the fact that he's African-American will help him to weather the storm. I don't know. I mean, because you've got to believe... He'll be threatened by the NFL. He'll be threatened by the New Orleans Saints. He's a tight end for the Saints. I mean, I I don't know. Does he stand up to this? As important as genitalia are in determination, gender roles do not stop at anatomy. They were created as complementary differences that should be celebrated, embraced, and encouraged. They build strong families, healthy communities, ordered nations. There's great beauty in masculinity and femininity. How dare you say that? Mm. Well, this is, uh, yeah, I know. It's an interesting story. I mean, he's, he's been outspoken on other issues before and, and, and a smart guy. Um, really smart. It's, it's interesting to see this, though, because there are some people 
who just find this so patently absurd that they've been taking a stance against it. Um, and now we have the voice of the entire movement, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, who is a bad spokesperson for this movement because uh, Caitlyn Jenner is a conservative Republican by mm-hmm. her telling, or at least by Bruce Jenner's telling. I don't know. I haven't seen Caitlyn Jenner actually address it yet. But Bruce Jenner's yeah, telling Caitlyn. was that he's a conservative re- Republican and, uh, you know, this is the way he sees things. Uh, spoke out on the bathroom bill with uh, New York Times reporter Nicholas Kristof. Let's see what he said. I'm Nicholas Kristoff, columnist from The New York Times. Thank you so much for joining our Facebook Live. I'm here at the Academy of Young Writers in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, and we're here to uh, talk to somebody who's kind of an expert on some really important LGBTQ issues that are uh, affecting the school and the entire community. Good gosh. And our guest is right in here, I think. Caitlin Jenner. You're supposed to wait until the out? door to reveal it. You're not hey, supposed to Caitlin. say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> you need to use the restroom? It's a, the restroom. You can use it. We're, we're safe so here. It's one stall with a lock. Anybody can go in there and lock No down. problem here. In North Carolina, oh. it might be a problem. No. No. I don't think the all no. gender, if, it, if it's like that... Right, we we have those. Yeah. We have the Every, we have the bathrooms. One so that everybody one, can... That's one person, one bathroom. That's yeah. my philosophy. Yeah, anyone can that, go into any bathroom fine. because there's one bathroom and everything is. Closed. I don't have any objection to that. That's fine. Whatever. I mean, we have that. You don't need the sign. It's just a bathroom. Yes, that's about as your house. You don't put a sign up that says any gender can go in here. It's just Plus, a bathroom. If he goes into the women's bathroom, mm-hmm. technically he's still a man, as Pat loves to point out. Mm-hmm. Does anyone say get out? Stop it. See, this is the no. interesting thing is Jeffy is essentially no. Donald Trump on this issue. No. And this is what is not publicized no. on this program. Jeffy is mm-hmm. essentially Donald Trump on this issue, which is saying, like, like, just leave it the way it is. Don't say anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. Let them go out to whatever bathroom they want. If they've got a, if they got a hoo-ha, they can go into the men's bathroom all they want. Now, of Do course. Wa- what does it, has it affected anyone? Well, yes, obviously it has, yes. Mm-hmm. It has? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was, that was easy. That was easier than I thought. All right, here's part two with Caitlyn Jenner in the bathroom. You know, as far as politicians saying that it's um, uh, that it's not safe to let put the guy into the restroom, there are no cases. No cases of trans people in restrooms. It's not the hey, arrested. Stupid. Ever having? As we've problem. said a million times. Get out of there. Oh, good okay, God. that's all. That's all. They're, they have no other alternatives. Mm. And so, um, but you're hoping that, that Ted Cruz well, is educable on yes. Uh, they on just need, they need yes. They just need to be educated on it. That they're really putting kids at risk. They think they're saving some people, but to be honest with you, there's already laws on the books for guys going in restrooms. Again, whether they're in a Laker uniform or they're wearing a dress, it's against the law. Um, and Why? So uh, the Why? real issue. That's not even um, true, though. Is right? we have to make these kids feel good about themselves. See, I mean, this is like, again, oh that's not gosh. true. The point of this law was to make a law that said that men in dresses can't go into women's bathrooms. Right. Mm-hmm. That was that was what the the belief that was why they made the law. So there's not laws. The problem is that there aren't laws that do that. And the complaint from the transgendered community is that you shouldn't make laws that do that. Now, I think what he's, what Christoph and and uh, and Caitlyn Jenner are talking about there, is an issue that's separate from what we're talking about. Really, I mean, I would say largely that that point and the point being made there is is accurate. Um, probably 
someone who is going through the trouble of having the hoo-ha cut off wants to go in and go potty and get out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the overwhelming majority. And of course, that's the overwhelming majority of everybody that goes to the bathroom. Um, the issue is, of course, people that would misuse this as a legal defense. That is the thing right. we're complaining about. It's not about trans people doing it. It's about straight people as we've using said from it the as beginning, a defense. We've said that all along. We're not, you know, it's not even about the Caitlyn Jenner people who go in. It's about the perv who is going to go in and use the excuse that that person identifies mm-hmm. as a woman that day. Mm-hmm. Because you can you can say you identify as anything. It, it's ludicrous. More patents too coming up. Ludicrous. I mean, yesterday... Uh, they tried to take it off, apparently, and something uh, and tragic they, happened. Worse. And, uh, they took, tried to take it off, and then they yeah. tried to write it in, which they didn't seemingly even use permanent marker as it kind of comes off. You mean better. <laughs> now, <laughs> now it's patented. You mean better. And then Jeffy Some has the good one. Some of us have the good one. And Pat's got the crack. And I got a broken one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. We need a, a GoFundMe for new clipboards. <laughs> See if we could raise. Do you think like, we could raise a dollar ninety-five? Well, well, that's be, per. That is right. I'm that, sorry. You need three. You need practically six dollars. <laughs> practically six dollars. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Not quite, but almost. Uh, Trump is doing his speech, by the way. Um, so we'll try to get you some details of that, and maybe pull, you know, some audio or clips I or whatever as we go forward. Wait I to hear this genius. Oh, I mean, you know it's he's re- good. He is reading it from a teleprompter, which, of course, obviously he said he'd never Sucks. do what he's doing, which is not bad, by the way. I mean, everybody makes speeches out of teleprompters. The only difference is... He said he wasn't going to. A, he said he wasn't going to. B, when he's reading it off a teleprompter, they're never his words. Yeah, right. Never. He's just reading somebody else's words, and it's so obvious they're not his words. Yeah. Um, now, look, everybody has speechwriters. There's nothing wrong with having speechwriters. You can tell he's spe- reading right now oh, just yeah. looking at it, too. It's bad. Absolutely. But every the thing with speechwriters is you're supposed to write in the uh, voice of the person you're writing for. So, like, if I were going to write a speech for Jeffy, I would include the word spoons often. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, Jeffy, give a speech like Donald Trump, but use the word spoons a lot and 18. Spoons? <laughs> this is the one he does all the time. Is this. Believe me, but Spoons. And he, he keeps flashing his teeny tiny little munchkin hands, yeah. too, which is, uh, he should keep those hidden. You could actually, his hands are actually smaller than any individual star in the flag, which is amazing. Uh, that's Donald Trump, though. Uh, so we'll get you more on that coming up. Um, uh, speaking out of hearing uh, into the Brussels attacks, uh, I guess uh, Brussels is now warning... Uh, that the European community might not realize uh, that the reality is something uh, kind of amazing. Comments uh, saying that and soon more we will have more Muslims than Christians in, in Belgium, and um, mm. we should not make an enemy of Islam. 
Now, I, you know, we have 600 to 700,000 Muslims in Belgium, and the overwhelming majority of those are people who share our values. To make an enemy of all those people, we really will be creating problems. We need to see who the terrorists are, who supports the terrorists, what networks there are to, to support them. Of course, the issue there is if, some pe if a group of people do share your values, it's easy to do that because they're helping you, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're assisting you in finding the people who are bad. Um, and that is... Is that happening it is happening at some level. It's just not happening enough. I read a thing on um, Sicily the other day, and uh, I think it's Palermo. Palermo, Sicily is a place that, you know, is obviously very Italian. It's where the Ita uh, Italian mob is the strongest. And uh, th there was an article about how it's been infiltrated, and, and the immigration has been so heavy into Sicily that as you walk down the street, according to the article, you have more of a feel. The, in fact, the mayor of Palermo was quoted as, you walk down the street now, and you have more of a feel of Istanbul or Beirut. And that's a good thing. Is it? Because we're an international city now. Like, okay, you live in Italy. If you wanted to live in Turkey, wouldn't you move there? If you wanted to live in Lebanon, wouldn't you move there? Why would you want Istanbul or Beirut in Palermo, Sicily? <laughs> Why would you want that? I don't know. How is that a good thing? And the mayor was like, yeah, it's really great that we've got hundreds of thousands of new people. and They've really transformed our city. Yeah. Well, Do you want that? I, mean, I don't want a Texan city to be like Beirut. No, I don't either. I, don't I mean, want I, that. there are cultural centers which are cool, like Little Italy in New York City. I know I've been to Little Havana in, yeah, but that's, in Miami. That's not what we're talking about. Here. Right, but I mean, Little Havana in Miami, th there are very few signs in English. Right. Like it's that strong. If you don't mm. speak Spanish and that, where you know, at least the area I was in, you basically, it's hard to operate there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but of course they've got great food and they have lots of things that you might not have in other in other areas. It's it's a cool mm -hmm. place to visit, but I mean it's hard for it would be hard for me to live there because you know the, it's a just the language issues by themselves would be difficult. You, you like to be able to go to an ethnic area and enjoy that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Um, it's great, but when it transforms your city, mm -hmm. not so much. No, you just want yeah because exactly. you live there for a reason. You came there for. All the things that that city offered, and then when it's transformed nearly overnight right. into something completely foreign to you, why would you want that? And people are so nervous to say anything. It's like, well, you know, I, know. To, I mean, and maybe this is just me being, this is, might be an Americanized version of this, but it's like, to me, Beirut, uh, because of what happened back in the day, oh, yeah. just feels like explosions. Yeah. Like, that's all I think about. When you hear the word Beirut, it's just like, that is the only thing that comes to mind to well, an American who lives in the Set aside Beirut. Even, even right. Istanbul. But he has to, yeah. I mean, I don't want Istanbul in Dallas, Texas. Why would I want that? If I wanted Istanbul... I'd move there! Mm -hmm. But I don't. Are you sure about I, that? I don't want that. Yes. Pretty sure. Because... Pretty sure. The, you know what Istanbul brings to mind for me? Uh, one of the characters in Mike Tyson's Punch-Out was from Insta Istanbul. Ah, yes! <laughs> that's, you know, that's, uh, yes. that's where I learned the word. Right. <laughs> I don't even remember which guy it was. The guy with the bald head? I, yes. I believe. Yes, he uh, conjured up his image in my head when you said it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the way we learn these days. But that is legitimately, I think, the first time and the only thing I really know about Istanbul. One of the, I don't remember which one it was. It had to be, I feel like it was one of the bigger guys, 
bald guy towards the end. Right. But yes. I can't. I have off the top yes. of my head, I can't picture who it exactly yes. was. Uh, <laughs> well, it's it's getting to the point now where even you know the open, inclusive, wonderfully diverse nations, the socialist countries that we always hear about how great they are, like Norway. Norwegian authorities are now offering a bonus, 10,000 kroner or 1,000 uh, um, pounds, it looks like, so that's about $2,000, to asylum seekers if they'll leave. <laughs> if they will leave the country willingly. The uh, Norwegian Directorate of Immigration says the measure is less expensive than keeping refugees in immigration centers in the country. Uh, it was launched this last Monday. The scheme will run for six weeks. The money will be paid to the first 500 asylum seekers to apply on a first-come, first-served basis. So they're going to give you $1,000 or like 2000 bucks if you'll just leave their country. You know, I mean, it, it's overwhelming the system. This is Cloward and Piven kind of stuff. This is the stuff that we talked about, how... How Cloward and Piven back in the 60s wanted to get so many people on welfare, you overwhelm the system and shut it down. Well, that kind of, this kind of mass migration this quickly can do the very same thing. Uh, by the way, uh, more importantly, Bald Bull Bald was Bull. the uh, character of Mike Tyson's punch from, out, Istanbul. from Istanbul, Turkey. So there you go, Bald right. Bull. I did remember. I mean, and it was difficult to beat at first. He was, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So there you go, Bald Bull. Was he the last one before you get to Mike Tyson? <sighs> no, there was. Uh, or was that the guy who spun around? Yep, and, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was Mr. Sandman right before that. Right. Oh my God, that was right. uh, that was one of my claims oh. to fame early in life. I was one. Of the, I was the first person in the neighborhood to beat Mike Tyson. In Mike Tyson's but punch out. It took a while, though. It was one right. of the, uh, yeah, what? Oh, yeah. It takes a while. I mean, no, you couldn't beat At him. first, At he first. was unbeatable. It was unbeatable. Unbeatable. And then down. you figure out the system. And Yeah, it, but it takes I a while. Body blows. Mm -hmm. You realize, all right, got to be body blows. Whole bunch of punches to the stomach and then finally one to the head, and then he goes down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I mean, it's. Body uh, blow! Okay. Body blow! Body blow! Oh, God, body yeah. blow! Okay, I remember that. The arcade version used to do. So there, anyway, there you go. Uh, so uh, yeah, no, it's. Uh, it, I don't know. It's a. Uh, it's it's an interesting thing because the way that I mean, we talked about uh, Daniel to Daniel Hannon today uh, about uh, Britain leaving the EU, and you see that just this whole area right now, there's so much going on in Europe. You know, mm -hmm. in a way, things are almost more complicated in Europe than they are here. And, and that's not to be, it's not a huge surprise as they kind of usually are a little bit in front of us. They're a little bit uh, uh, down uh, the slippery slope a little further. Uh, but there's a lot going on there right now. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a really uh, uncomfortable, um, unstable situation. It is. It is. And it's changing the face of Europe. Triple eight seven two seven back more patents too coming up. I was just reading a quote on Twitter from the Trump speech. Mm -hmm. uh, the Trump administration will lead a free world that is properly armed and funded. Body blow, body blow, <laughs> uppercut, body blow. 
Uh, we're just re we're remembering uh, the boxing days because Istanbul came up, and I reminded Stu of the uh, bald bull. Bald bull. For Miss mm -hmm. Denbull mm -hmm. in the Mike Tyson boxing game, that was that was one of the greatest games to ever be released. I think I agree. Ever uh, be released? One of the best video games of all time. I really love that thing. And I was in my twenties. You must have been in your teens, ten, twelve, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know what year it came out. Let's see, I'm trying to. Uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out was let's see, Super Punch Out. Mike Tyson's Punch Out in 1987. So I was 87. 11. Eleven years old. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Oh man, love that. Loved it. it was an awesome game. Um, an Italian court has ordered a middle-aged father to keep supporting his 28-year-old son through college after he uh, turned to the law to try to force his offspring to get a job. <laughs> Case underlines the country's problem with uh, oh. spoiled big babies. It's called bambocini. Mm -hmm. Bambocini. Who refuse to leave home instead of sponge off their parents. And, excuse me, and instead sponge off their parents. Father had gone wow. uh, to court to argue that he should no longer be obliged to support his son, challenging one of the conditions of his divorce settlement, which had ruled he must pay for the young man's At education. 28 years old? Not to be fair, this is in Italy. I mean, something like this could never happen in America. Kids don't move back. <laughs> I know what That's you're trying to do. Stupid. It's just not I'm not work. trying to do anything. I'm I, just saying. I know what you're trying to do. I'm just no, saying think, that it no, does I know, I know what you're trying to I'm do. I'm pretty sure Jeffy's right on this one. Kids <laughs> never. There's not an example. <laughs> Thank you. There's not one example of anything. Like my, I mean, I have an adult son. Uh, moved out on his own. Uh, I mean, he. Uh, first of all, I don't think he ever wants to come back. There you go, Stu. <laughs> even, <good>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even to visit. Believe me. Even to visit. Uh, but yeah, no, it does happen, obviously, and there's obviously really good reasons why. I mean, I, you know, my dad later in life wound up going back and, and living for a very short time with my grandparents. Um, you know, it, Did it he? happens. Yeah, yeah. He At was, what age? He. Uh, it was after my mom and dad were divorced, so I mean, it was really. Yeah, he had. So he went on some really tough times with his health and. Yeah. Had to go move back in for a short time. I mean, it wasn't a long time, but he did go back in. To was it more than four months? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I picked that arbitrary number. It just it just hit me. I mean, was he was he as old as thirty three, and was it more than four months? As an example. As an example, I'm just pulling numbers virtually out of my butt right now, and just wondering. But why would you care? Uh, how about old it? your father was? How long he stayed? Do you know any details of the story? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't uh, huh. remember okay. off the top of my head. It had I, to be. I it had to be. All right. Well, I guess. He, no, I mean, he probably, probably was. Had to be a. I'm trying to think. I, he, I was born when he was like 19, so mm -hmm. it had to be around. It had to be in his 30s. Yeah. Um, and wow. it was. It was a short time, but you know, he had he he had a job issue and a health issue. Uh huh. And, huh. I will say that after uh, exactly. one of my marriages fell apart, mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. which one, um, I did. Uh, stay at my parents' home. That was your seventh, wasn't it? I think it was your seventh. But they were on a trip, an extended trip, which they may have even extended longer because they knew, holy crap, he's there. We got to wait till wait he gets out. Wait a minute, this is this is an, I've never heard this before. So you're saying? Yeah, I just heard this recently. You had uh, after your seventh divorce, you one of them, it was one of them. You went and lived at your parents' house. Yeah, they were gone. They were on a trip. Did they know you were there, Jeffy? <laughs> Once I was there. <laughs> You didn't I tell them it. in advance you were coming. They were gone. How am I going to tell them? A uh, phone? I did call them after I after moved in. in. <laughs> <laughs> and how long did you say? 
Hey. Was it longer than four months? No, it was not long. It was okay. not longer than four months. It I, really wasn't. No, it was not. It was only about two. Holy crap! Even Jeff, you didn't go four months. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, by the way, in this story in Italy, the son who com completed a degree in literature took several mm -hmm. years longer than uh, expected to finish the course and then enrolled in a postgraduate course in experimental cinema. <laughs> oh, I will man. say that I, I love the idea of calling it experimental cinema. That's great. No, no I don't think it's your kind of cinema, Jeffy. We'll, we'll go over yeah, that. No, it's experimental cinema, <laughs> too. It is interesting, though, because he knows his dad has to pay if he's, as long as he's in school, so he just keeps going to school. Right. Right? Uh, that's another way of taking advantage of your... Uh, and the father just makes a modest living through writing. And he argued that his son should get a part-time job and start paying his own way. Yes. He doesn't deserve any further financial support, having made no effort to find work to support himself. But at 28 years old, the courts in Italy said, no, you gotta, you got to keep paying. That is unbelievable. But are we not headed that direction now here with the Obamacare thing? Well, you can keep your kids on your insurance until, you're 20, until they're 26 years old. Yeah, I don't want to. Why would I want that? I want them to be self-sustaining by the time they're now. Sometimes they're not for hopefully a short time, but and but you, four months. You want? Yeah, uh, I mean anything beyond that is like ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I think most most parents want their kids to be on their own to to be uh, you know self-supporting by the time they're twenty six have their own insurance, right? I mean, is that unreasonable to say, okay, you've been out of the house now for eight freaking years. If you've gone to college right away or whatever, most, most kids leave at 18 or 19. It's gonna... time to get your own insurance, right? It's time to get your own place. It's time they, to get a job. Was that in the story? I, was that, y yes. Was it's, that yeah, it's at the very bottom. I see it. It's, a, it's in, uh, <laughs> it's in, Italy it's a trans, you know, you got to shine, I got a black light time. on the computer and you can see it with the black, it's a black light. Right Someone here. printed it in black yeah. light? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. That was huh. just my, okay. Purely oh. on, on only mine. Um, huh. so. By the way, there's 8,000 similar disputes uh, in uh, Italy that end up in court each year with adult children demanding an allowance from their parents. <laughs> Think of that. That's pathetic. Would you have even ever thought of that? No. Seriously. No now, way. I'm not talking oh about. Gosh, I'm no. not talking about actually needing help from your parents and yeah. you know stuff like that. But I'm talking about actually saying uh, I've moved out or I'm never going to move out and saying you must take care of me forever. Right. I mean, you never, first of all, you never demand it. I mean, it's not, they don't That's, have to give it to you. You might ask. I mean, there are times where you ask. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm not saying, I mean, of course. I mean, Jeffy, you ask your kid for help all the time. You're constantly demanding money from your children. Uh, I mean, I leave messages now. <laughs> yeah, it not, not, doesn't pick up anymore. Doesn't doesn't pick up. Up. <laughs> nah, Can we so. give one quick update from the Trump speech? I think he's, I think this is his. I think he's saying his own words. ISIS will be gone very quickly once I'm president. Well, I think what he does, and he did, the, he did this with the last uh, speech, too. Yeah. He reads two paragraphs of written, and then he and just then he does throws what, a line. Yeah. In. That, so and that could, be, that could be what happened what there. What they're highlighting. Yeah. It'll be gone very quickly.
888-727-BECK. It's patents, too. Uh, gosh, only 37% of American uh, seniors academically prepared for college math and reading in 2015. Yeah, it's a slight dip from two years earlier. Uh, the National Assessment of Educational Progress, also known as the Nation's Report Card, said that share was down from an estimated 39% in math, 38% in reading. How is that possible? How is it possible that 30, only 37%, so 63% of uh, college kids who are seniors can't read at a college level? Uh, or a, a high school senior level can't read well enough to go to college, Jeffy. Uh, well, yeah. There's. I mean, you know, who needs math? Is. First of all, this is a question. Um, we're talking about reading right now. I know, uh, math math is more math? understandable. How do you not be able to read well enough? Because at least math is complicated. Mm, yeah. And reading, once you get to the point where you can sound out the words, you can usually, <laughs> I guess there's other elements, comprehension, you know, yeah. writing. But, I mean, this says reading. Um, Jeffy? As sometimes, sometimes the words are big. Like cat? Sometimes there's a better plural. Add an extra letter. <laughs> cats? You're saying cats? Oh, man. Yeah. How are you supposed to know that? Life has got to be difficult for you, isn't it? doesn't it? It's kind of like how I was saying like living in Little Havana would be difficult because I don't know <laughs> the language. For you, it's kind of like how it is in America, like in, in a normal, uh, you know, English-speaking Because plural words sometimes give you a hard time. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is amazing, though. It does not seem possible. Every once in a while, I see stats like this, and it doesn't seem possible. Yeah. You know, I, I, you see where um, a certain percentage, and I, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's, it's so much larger than you would ever dream, are almost completely illiterate when they graduate from high school. They can't read virtually at all. And it's like, how does, how does that happen, Jeffy? How do you get that way? How have you been pushed through the system? Jeffy, how did you graduate from high school? Because after a while... Uh, they just don't want to see you anymore, yeah, right? Yeah, they just get sick and tired <laughs> of looking so at you sitting there like a fat lump in class, and they're like, get the... He's fine, pass. Yeah, well, I mean, you think about it from the teacher's pass. perspective, too, um, in that, like, you have a kid, like, you get a Jeffy in your, in your room. Uh-huh. First of all, he's obviously awful to be around. Uh, but in addition to that... Uh, you know, his parents probably come in. If you, if you mm-hmm. hold them back, the parents complain. You've got to deal with them again for another year. Yeah. Uh, if you pass them on to the next class and they don't know, Move well, on. then they might, you know, then at least the next teacher has to deal with them, not you. Yeah. If there's an incentive to just push them along, and I think that happens a decent amount. We were talking about uh, some of the founders the other day at the dinner table um, and talking about their education because, you know, we, we talk about school a lot because, obviously, we, we run a school. And so... We were talking about the fact that um, the James Madison was mostly self-educated, and Thomas Jefferson was almost entirely self-educated, and um, that was the case with a lot of those guys back then because they didn't have public schools, they didn't have the free education that we offer to people now. So, um, how did they get? And, and you know, I think there's a perception now that we're a lot smarter than they were. I mean, no, we're not even. I mean, we're not anywhere near a 1776 level. No, like, we, we have more knowledge because more it's over time. Yeah, we have knowledge, more knowledge, yeah, but it's not. We're not we're, nearly the smart. intellect is not there because no. we, 
I, I, like I was saying to my wife, they published the Federalist Papers in the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> the Federalist Papers were news articles in like the New York Sun or whatever was the New York paper at the time. And they, publ- they ran them every day for, you know, 83 days or whatever. And I'm like, there's no, you could never put that in the newspaper today. Nobody would, first of all, they wouldn't read it. Secondly, if they did, they wouldn't comprehend it. Well, I mean, look at to that point. I mean, Glenn wrote a book uh, with uh, an author who helped basically translate the Federalist Papers. What right, called, uh, and make them easier. The original um, argument? or Yeah, something, uh, so, like something that like was that. pretty close, yeah. Something like that. And basically that was the point of the book. We Take the Federalist Papers, make it into make language it that we can understand. Make it consumable. Right. Um, and even that, most people didn't read. <laughs> right, like even that, people were like, "Oh, yeah. it's you know, it's too difficult." Ah, it's, you know? no, kind no, of amazing, uh, and it is. It does show where we got it. And this, it's, some of these stats get a little tilted. Like they'll, they'll do those lists where they're like, uh, oh, "Americans have the ninety uh, seventh best education system in Amer- in the world." Mm-hmm. It's like really. I mean, uh, yeah, is that true? And that that is not true. No, it no, is not true. A lot of that stuff that. has to do with really weird standards, uh, like such as um, how what percentage does the country itself pay for people's college? Yeah. Well, that's just a socialism versus capitalism argument. That's right. not a, you know, like the fact that we don't give free college to everybody is a different argument. And than, then it's interesting because in certain countries, they'll only test the elite students and then they'll say, well, this is how we did. Where we test everybody, right. you know, and they'll only take the best students from the best place in the best city and they'll use those. China does that. And that's why China looks pretty good every single time. Um, so, yeah, those are those are skewed. Um, but, uh, so there's, I mean, there are reasons we're dummies too, cause we're just, we're watching too much TV. We're playing too many video games. We're not paying attention to important things, but I think. So like if you didn't, let's say, let's say you played a lot of video games, you watched too much TV, uh-huh. you didn't read anything complicated over a long period of time. What would be the result election wise? Donald of Trump. Some- Donald Trump. You didn't even let him finish his question. You didn't even know what the final the It would be Donald Trump. And then, and then you'd get up and give a policy speech that, you know, where you would say things like, uh, we're going to do bigly. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do Iran we're bigly. do Iran bigly. We're going to do China bigly. <laughs> we're going to do the whole world, all of it, bigly. Military is going to be funded beautifully. <laughs> beautifully. That's right. Uh, so as we've been on the air, uh, Dan Andrews has been watching the speech in the oh, other yeah, room. Uh, Dan, uh, you're going to step up to... Hi, Dan. Hey, hello. Apologies, you have to stand that close to yes, Jeffrey. Yes, thank you. Um, you have so, to talk into my chest? Yeah, no. for the team. This is important information, and I'm willing to he has sacrifice. A, he has an actual microphone, uh, so uh, he does not... The, usually we have to chest? talk into Jeffrey's chest. Right here. No, um, so uh, you were watching the speech in the other room. Now, we're watching it with no sound on. This oh. is blatantly written for him. Yeah, he's on prompter now, and it's yeah. noticeably different and noticeably boring. Is I mean, it really? This is, this is low T, Trump. I mean, this is, uh, <laughs> wow. you know, it's, it's typical stuff. You know, all of a sudden he sounds like a typical, and he's bored. Like, if you would side-by-side this to, like, a Ted Cruz speech, and I don't think Ted's strength is necessarily no. his prompter speeches, but, I mean, Ted looks amazing compared to, compared to this. It's incredibly boring, and it's just very standard. Like, he's quoting Reagan. He, you know, all yeah. the annoying stuff, the cliche crap that comes out when you get the, you know, standard establishment GOP guys. Involved. Yeah, look at this. Trump, U.S. must seek common ground based on shared interests. There's no way He's he never says said that. anything no. like that. He, no. does, he does not even believe that, that. That is not his sentence no. structure, and we all know no. it. Oh, no. We and, uh, and like, it. he's done things like uh, 
he he demanded like one Trump-esque thing was he's like for you know these foreign allies and all these people we have around the world mm -hmm. they need to pay up they're not paying their fair share but then like two sentences later he's talking about how we need to have better relationships with all these people in the standard <laughs> GOP way and I'm like you're demanding mm. that they pay money. It's like this is not going to work out well for you. I don't understand. No, we usually buy their favor. Where if you want, they're not going to pay us and like us. Yeah, you're going to get yeah. both of those things. He also said that the U.S. needs to become more unpredictable, so that, that everyone's kind of mocking right. him on that on Twitter yeah. and, and just saying like, "Oh, this is." It's, but if that's one thing that can, Trump can do, it's going to make America more unpredictable. Well, isn't that one of Cruz's <laughs> early things that he was just going to start bombing like Denmark? <laughs> you don't remember that he was joking no. about. About uh, about Trump, and he's just gonna, we don't need a guy who's going to go over there and just one day decide he's going to bomb Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, yeah, and he might. He just said we will uh, we will not hesitate to use mil military force when yeah. necessary. Of course not. I'm sure he won't. Oh, no. he won't. No. He said ISIS will be gone. Uh, one other thing he said was ISIS will be gone very quickly. Gonna, yeah, very quickly, and I'm <laughs> not going to tell them when or how. I'm just going to sneak up on them, I ah, guess. Ah, sneak up so, on them. Yeah, well, and this is interesting, Dan. Yeah. You know, you have been writing for Glenn for a long time. All, everyone here has, exception of Jeff, you can't write. And when I tell him sometimes, right? You, yeah, you, you, blurt, probably, you might want to say this. Right, you blurt things out. Um, but I mean, as far as actually writing, you might want to say eighteen, right, Glenn. Right, and that was the and speech then, where Glenn did right. say eighteen in the middle of it. No one could understand. Uh, but you know, when as a person who writes for someone else, you know, Glenn will come in and say, "I want to write about this, and here's the points I want to make." And and while he's on the air, you'll be fleshing that out, going back, getting the quotes from you know that he you know right. from the eighteen hundreds that he can barely remember, and putting a putting a couple news links to it, getting the quotes from today's officials. You're putting together something. Right. But when you're writing it, you're not writing it in. Dan Andros's voice. Right, yeah. It's not the easiest thing for you to, to read. It's the easiest thing for Glenn to read. You're writing it in Glenn's right. voice. Well, whoever wrote this speech, it's a particular, it had to be a challenge for them because the, the normal constraints they're working in were a 11 word vocabulary. Right. So, you know, they had to, they're like, crap, how do I say the sentence is the same thing? It's build mm -hmm. the wall, it's amazing, it's winning, it's I have mm -hmm. the best. Well, that's crap. What else do me. I do? Believe me. <laughs> Believe, Believe me. me. Did but you yeah, get the so sense that so all the things. Not him. Did I mean, you get the yeah. sense that they even attempted to write it that sounded made it make it sound like Donald Trump at any point? Because what I keep seeing is like our military must be modernized. There's tr Donald Trump yeah. has never said that word in his he's never said no. the word modernized in his life. No, no, and there's a couple times where he's sort of jumped in and ad-libbed a little bit, but yeah. like you can yeah. tell the rest of it is not. It's very uncomfortable. And I think he might have said 2017 at one point when he because they wrote 2017 <laughs> I can't say it now because I watched him say it right you know and 20. so he started to say it and I, th I think he said 2017 I'm not 100 on this I really hope please let that be but he, oh, he stumbled please. on it he started to read it like a number oh man and then he realized it was a year and then you know I mean it happens right. on prompter so but like right. but he obviously right. doesn't have a it's not the he's stuff that he wants it. he's just reading whatever the heck they put out there. yeah and he doesn't have a I wouldn't say he has a strong feel for any of these foreign issues other than trade he thinks he knows trade which he's completely wrong on trade but he thinks he knows trade that's one of his core issues um but well, you know things like isis it's like i want him gone is basically his level of understanding of that issue and he said and, and you know what he said about that uh, about this whole foreign policy thing and all the things we need to fix like isis he said i am the only one who understands it and can fix it the only one. There's uh, no other possible candidate out there. But this is the guy that didn't know the nuclear tri triad thing. He right. didn't even know it. Right. Didn't and, even know what it was. You know, didn't know what it was. And uh, he's the only guy capable of fixing it. I mean, he doesn't know what any of these things are, right? I mean, no. it, it's he just doesn't. it's his argument. And again, 
If you buy Trump, if you if you're if you're bullish on Trump, your argument is, yeah, I know he doesn't know all these things. I know he doesn't know all the details. But he's going to get the best, the best people. people and to understand all the details of the arguments. He's going to be able to play the game better than everybody else. He's going to be able to manipulate the agreements. He's going to be able to get in the get into the language of it and pick out the right thing in that contract and, and, and win, 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 win. When, again, he's shown he can't do that in the delegate game. He's failed over and over again on that. Can't he can't it. manage those things. And when he puts people in charge of things, they're terrible. Yep. I mean, he is awful at putting good people in the right places. He's terrible at it. Roger Stone is one of the worst people in America. Yeah. And he's kept him close to him for 40 years. It took you 40 years to figure out this guy was a dirtbag, right. and he's still with him. And his other campaign manager uh, got charged with assault. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah, but he wasn't. He didn't have to go to prison for it. Oh, wow. What a wonderful commercial for your campaign. <laughs> what an accomplishment. Yeah, wow. You I mean, only is, got charged with assault. It is a strong point. Well, it's a very Jeffy point. Uh, <laughs> there is a line between us being charged with assault and being convicted. Never, yeah. convicted. never convicted. Never convicted. convicted. Never convicted. Well, I don't know about never, but <laughs> usually not. Usually <laughs> not convicted. The Jeff Fisher oh. guarantee. Oh, boy. All right. Thanks, Dan. Right. Yep. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, but Trump. Yeah, but Trump. And that's going to be the argument after the speech is, yeah, but Trump. Yeah. There's all, that's all there is. Yep. Yeah, but Trump. But Trump. <laughs> We'll be but, back, but sure. Trump. Yeah, yeah but Trump is terrible. But, yeah, but, but Trump. Trump. Yeah, but Trump. Yeah, he doesn't know anything. But what about Trump? Did you see the uh, the Hillary line she's using now? No. We are saying love Trump's hate. Oh. She's trying to tie in the word Trump with it. just tweeted about Donald Trump's foreign policy, foreign policy speech. She did. All capital letters. Greatest foreign policy speech since George Washington's farewell address. I mean, has she had a stroke or something? What has happened to her? One? I think it's got to be more than a one. A series of strokes? Yeah. It's, it's be Early onset of dementia? What the heck? What happened to Ann? Co- Unless she, I guess she tricked us somehow. I, you know, because she's gone so far off the deep end. That it's particular tweet and the tweet before unreal. that, real stunning. That Trump is the only candidate, D or R, who would say this. Is also she up the size of the letters? So that they would be bigger. Not only we've up the size of our letters, well, and yours. now. Up yours. And he is effing amazing. The candidate I've been dreaming of. Hmm. Her dreams are my nightmares. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's pretty amazing. Um, Oof. Uh, it's hard to understand or believe. It is? Um, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's, I mean, I would assume that she's just been, you know, promised lots of stuff. I, I, I mean, you I, think I, that's what it is, or she was just lying the whole time? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, yeah, it could I don't be know. either one of them. I, I mean, what could he have? A, what could he have 
promised her. Maybe he. I wouldn't be surprised. Gave her money. She's the type of person like I would not be surprised to see with a high level position in the maybe administration. Maybe a White House press person or something. Maybe yeah. Maybe even higher. Who knows? Immigration ahead of yeah. ICE. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't Any either. of this crap is on the table with Donald Trump as president. They didn't yeah. they put Ann Coulter as like vice president in one of the Sharknado movies? Wasn't she like? Oh, she might have been. I think she was in one of the Sharknado movies. Oh, and I, really? I would not be surprised if that's, that's now funny. our country. Sharknado is now reality. <laughs> now, of course, Sharknados are serious. I don't want to downplay the, the situation there. No, my gosh, that's a, a tornado of sharks. A major it's environmental very, very threat. very, very frightening. Um, yeah. Now, if you don't and, know, uh, a, a tornadoes, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, are increasing. Um, uh, their their uh, frequency and strength are increasing because of global warming. Right. And these uh, twisters get into the water. They pick up sharks. They come mm-hmm. on land, yeah. and they drop the sharks. Now, the sharks obviously are very agitated because they've been flying around oh, in they're circles. Pissed. They're not happy sharks. Right. Uh, so they come down, and they usually will try to eat people unless you chainsaw them from the inside. So really, it's a serious uh, thing going on right now. Very serious. And uh, very frightening. Uh, spoiler alert mm-hmm. uh, for people who haven't seen it. Uh, thank you, Stu. You're right. Uh, Mr. I can't tell what goes on in shows anymore. They're ruining it for people. But I just described what are you talking the about? generalized phenomenon. I didn't describe the movie. I just described the generalized. This is just, this is a weather report I just gave you. It has nothing to do with a movie. I Whatever. will say this about, uh, about global warming and the, and the uh, strength and frequency of tornadoes. I have experienced more tornado warnings in this town <laughs> than ever before in yes. my life combined. Yes. In fact, just yeah, this year, but that's just... I have experienced more tornado watches, warnings, and actual ever. tornadoes in the area than in the rest of my life combined. I believe that living in true. Montana, Utah... Right, but Maryland, right. Virginia, mm-hmm. didn't live in Virginia, but I worked there, Connecticut. and Connecticut... And New York combined. I've lived in, I lived in Florida. And I suppose you're going to say that's because that's now that. I live in Tornado Alley. Yes, but that's, it that's what I was going to say. Is that it? Or have they just increased in frequency and strength? Jeffy, you're the weather expert. <laughs> I will, look, first of all, clearly they've increased. For yeah, Pat, oh, clear, for thank Pat. you, for me. And mm-hmm. strengthened for Pat. Uh, uh, there's no question about that. Actually, the uh, we had another big uh, scare last night. Did you were you, did you turn on the news and watch the? I did watch every a time bit. we get like severe thunderstorms. Uh, tornadoes are possible here. Well, they're okay. first. They're starting to get. Uh, this year we've had you know a we've number a of storms around the area. They're yeah. starting to get like Florida is with storms uh, now, where uh, they've got we're in a pattern. They show the threat of storms, and then they have to worry. They have to. Make sure that we alert the world that some place, somewhere, could get hit by a piece of ice falling from the sky. Yeah, yeah and people don't understand how massive the Metroplex is. And so uh, it's, it's, you know, the size of, I don't know, Delaware, state of Delaware, maybe bigger than that. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's massive. So if there's a tornado anywhere in the area, it's a huge deal, and you start getting all these alerts and sounds, and your iPhone and iPads are always going off. Well, last night, about... I don't know, 20 after 9 or so, our time, uh, the sirens in my area started going off. Did they go off for you? I didn't hear sirens, no. You didn't get the no, sirens? No, we got uh, some good. of the iPhone stuff happening. So I, I was just kind of drifting off to sleep as I was doing some work and falling asleep and waking up and, oh, yeah, i got to do this. <laughs> and then the siren went off, and then I heard this incredible roar. I mean, it was massively loud. 
sounded like a freight train was coming through the house. And so we look out the window, and the trees are bent almost to the ground. And I'm like, oh, crap. Uh, do we need to... I, I got no place to go, really. It's too we're, late right then. Yeah, we're like Mayo. I got nowhere else to go! So you're supposed to get into, like, the middle part of the house or whatever away from so windows. So were those just the straight-line winds coming from the storm, or did it you must actually have, just have a tornado? A, I think we had a, no, we had a, I think we had a microburst or, you know, something. I don't know. Do you have some sort of problem? <laughs> it was Jeffy's meteorological weather thing. Meteorological. Like, it's one thing there. when he tries to act like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he's just like, oh, those straight line winds are very clean. Oh, it just makes me so angry. <laughs> I apologize for using terminology that makes you confused. <laughs> Sorry. You know, Stu, he can't help his prowess in the in the uh, area of meteorology. He can't help it. It comes naturally. It comes naturally. There. He didn't even go to school for it. No, no I, he did not. I, go, like, I believe that, I believe uh, <laughs> uh, they have something going on here in the Metroplex this weekend. Uh, WeatherCon. I may have to stop by and make an appearance. Do they really? I got a lot of people. What is WeatherCon? I got a lot of people asking if the Burmese make what an appearance. What the hell is WeatherCon? You know where they are. <laughs> a lot of people ask if they're going to make an appearance. Yeah, a lot of people asking for appearance. I might stop by. I'm just letting you know now. I might be. Uh, you sound like you're saying you're a Canadian sports celebrity. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Weather expert Jeff Fisher. Thank uh, are you going to go to WeatherCon? I may, I may you got a booth there. going on down there? Or I want to give an exact time because you know, I've got a lot of things going on, a lot of people. But you might stop by. You're, I might have to go by WeatherCon. You might give them a little thrill. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Well, uh, Al Gore has been working hard to uh, alert us about the dangers of the environment. Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess he's got a new movie uh, coming out uh, about one of the threats that we've not considered so far. Uh, check out this new trailer from Al Gore. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. But what happens when that woman is Mother Nature? Mr. President, it's happening again! Only God or another godlike deity can save us from sure destruction! There's nothing we can do! I won't accept no for an answer. We owe it to every boy and girl to stop these terrible waterspouts of death! Academy Award-winning director Al Gore presents the most terrifying disaster tale ever told, Geysers. If that thing flips its top one more time, thousands could die. There's only one man who can save us now. Mr. President, you don't mean... Yes. Yes, I do. Get me... McSnuggle Puppy! He's an out-of-control renegade scientist who's thought of in scientific communities as a loose cannon. I don't care. He's the best. And America, the beautiful, needs the best. Damn these geysers! Brutal times make brutal decisions brutally makeable. And these are brutal times. Mr. President! Another geyser's gone off! Where? Where has this latest evil geyser reared its ugly spout? In Times Square! No! No! Millions! And billions! Would die! McSnuggle Puppy! How did this happen? I believe the hexoric plates grinded in a place of metric inches greater than the force of pi times the ozone layer. Mr. President, dear God, save all of us.
especially our children. Al Gore presents the spectacular new enviro thriller, Geysers, based on a true story of fictional events. Geyser, a natural hot spring that intermittently ejects a column of water and steam into the air and can attack at virtually any, usually predictable time. Is there not anything we can do to stop hot water and steam from covering every major city with big landmarks that can fall over? There's only one thing, but... But what, man? It's too crazy! I'm afraid crazy's all we've got left, you loose cannon scientist. If we shoot a laser beam directly into the geyser, it could disrupt its inner cervical core, causing a larable disruption and jarring the central oval system just enough to create a window for the laser to manipulate the manaframer, but... But what? renegade yet respected scientist that will need that your daughter who suffers from asthma amnesia and anorexia will surely perish and die damn these geysers al gore presents the incredible new enviro thriller geysers when steam attacks and water scalds look out mr president based on a true story, except for the geyser parts. That geysers is the new San Andreas. Wow. Man. I mean, man, that, oh, man, oh, that man. is uh, huge. And San Andreas was powerful in and of itself. <laughs> right. I actually like that movie. That no, wasn't bad. That was kind of that parody of those really bad like TV movies where they, there's always a new disaster, and they have to come up with a new disaster to make mm-hmm. some city you're familiar with fall over. Yeah. Um, Sharknado being uh, kind of the crazy part of that. But uh, that's, uh, you know. It was it, the one with The Rock, wasn't it? San Andreas? Yes. yes, I liked yeah. it. Yeah, it was, um, it was okay. I, I, I it wasn't as it. bad as I thought it was going to be. Right, yes, that's a better description. Yeah. And uh, they, did, they, they employed some interesting people. Yes, was. they did. <laughs> yes, they did. I was reminded, though, that, that? Uh, geysers uh, looked like they uh, I had know quite a budget. What? Uh, yeah, geysers but, had quite a budget. Quite a but budget. I don't, but they actually created, uh, mm. I don't know, an episode. Uh, you know, for their hmm. for their premiere. Wait, are you saying there was there was another show that this network was what are you, supposed to? Are you air wanting us to cut corners? Is that what you're asking for? And is, I noticed that we haven't had any from leakages. On leakages, you want us to cut corners and you want us to put slop out. Is that what you're asking for? 
I'd like you to put <laughs> well, something on. Some, wow. At some point, shouldn't you cut a corner to get it on the air? <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, thank it's you. been several years. You people cannot rush genius. And you know that. And you know that. <laughs> wow. But like, I mean, this has to be done right. But this show launched when you the were 27 years old. <laughs> and I just feel like maybe. And there has been a budget of $46 trillion. <laughs> yes. I was going to say that. And, I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to bring it up on the air, but that's a, that's a large... But you can't cut corners on something like this. It's got to be done right. It's got to be done right. <laughs> we do have that. We got that going on. Yeah, but that's just an intro to a segment. <laughs> it appears just to be stock footage of a faucet. That used up about two-thirds of our budget right stock there. Stock footage? No, they, they created that. Faucet. Yeah, that was, that was done fresh. That's brand new right there. Uh, all right. The Missouri Senate has tabled a sales tax proposal after a senator filib- filibustered it by reading about a book about 50 Cent. No. Yes. Uh, uh, Fitty was... Fitty. was uh, I didn't realize there was a book about 50 Cent. Oh, that looks like a written by Fitty. The 50th Law by 50 Cent and Robert Greene. How much of that do you think Robert wrote, and how much did 50 Cent write? 50, 50 wrote most of it. Okay. I would assume. Yeah, you mm-hmm. got to assume that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Democratic Senator Maria Chappelle Nadal on Monday read for almost an hour from the 50th Law. It's a self-help book co-authored by 50 Cent than Robert Greene that draws on anecdotes from the rapper's life. Wait, didn't 50 Cent go bankrupt? Wow. Or at least he filed for bankruptcy fairly recently? I'm not sure. Him. Did he? Um, I thought he did, um, which is... so. I don't follow Fiddy as closely as I probably should, so I'm not sure. I mean, the the, the proper amount is, is completely... Yeah, then, then no, I okay. don't follow. <laughs> okay, that's the amount you should. Uh, yeah, I guess... Uh, now, this is surprising. A Democrat supposed... To, uh, is it opposing a sales tax proposal? How about that? That's amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, they wanted to get uncorpor- unincorporated areas of St. Louis County to vote on a sales tax to fund law enforcement. Oh, it's going to the police. That's, that's why. why we don't, that's we don't want why. it. Uh, she says the county's government should not seek additional funding until it addresses a number of issues, uh, including apparently some raise in the Fiddy book. Uh, House passed a similar bill, 123 to 24, on Monday. The bill now heads to the Senate. So that's kind of a cool thing for 50 Cent. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, imagine how many know? books he sold because of that. Probably upwards of 50. <laughs> I doubt it's even that many. No, it's do you definitely think? not that many. We should look into that and see how many of the uh, 50th, what's it called, the 50th law, uh, how many books, how many copies actually sold? Oh, I bet a lot. 5,000? Yeah, I bet not even that, right? No. I mean, do you think? 5,000? I mean, I don't know. When did he release it? Was it the peak of his fame? Or was it like just recently? He's just like throwing stuff out there still. I, did he make most of his money on vitamin water anyway? Wasn't that uh, the big vitamin thing? Vitamin water and uh, headphones, right? Some kind of headphones. He's got a deal. headphone yeah, that's deal. Why, that's why I was just reading a little bit about why he went bankrupt or why he was claiming bankrupt. And they had frozen his account at one time. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think he was that one of the main varieties of... Uh, vitamin water was like branded with his name when he was still popular and then like it kind of obviously was not you know there's a run for 50 cent which is pretty mm-hmm. good i mean mm-hmm. you know, as far as i'm sure he made tons of money but mm-hmm. then when that started to fade away the vitamin water flavor was still selling really well so they just kind of like left it and it was was it called 50 cent you know what it was called jeffy it wasn't the triple x flavor was it no i don't remember i can't remember there, yeah, was, there was some judgment filed against him for 17 million he was supposed to pay for a, a headphone thing an earpiece thing really yeah 
Sonic Audio. Vitamin uh, Scent 50. A $17 million judgment? Mm -hmm. Did he pay that? Uh, I think he was trying to file bankruptcy to get out of it. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Wow. That's, that's a, even for Fiddy, I'm, I'm thinking that's probably a lot of money. 888-727-BECK. According to the, the lyricist of the song Puff the Magic Dragon, Lenny Lipton, um, it's not about what you think it is. Uh, and, Jeffy, I'm guessing you think it's about marijuana, right? Puff the Magic Dragon is about pot. Uh, I thought, actually, it was either marijuana or LSD. Or, yeah, something, something you know, drug-induced. Yeah. Um, here, apparently, is uh, what it was really all about. We're about to find out. I was reading a poem by Ogden Nash called Custard the Dragon. Soon after, he went to meet friends for dinner. As I was walking down the hill to the apartment, I was thinking about the poem I read, and I thought I'd try to write one, too, about a dragon. He got to his friend's apartment and let himself in. I saw a typewriter on a kitchen table. I typed, Puff the Magic Dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist and went on the lake. And although I didn't find out about this for a couple of years, Peter Yarrow, who became the Peter of Peter, Paul and Mary, is one of the guys who lived in the apartment. He saved the poem. I completely forgot about it. I even left it in the typewriter, and he set it to music. That's how the song got written, and it changed my life. Hmm. And people want to think it's about pot. Uh, it's uh, fine with me. Wait, it's not? Not as far as I'm concerned. Puff the Magic Dragon is not about drugs. And who knows? Who knows what I was thinking? Huh. So it was that? really about nothing. He just wrote a poem about a dragon inexplicably. That's Even interesting. Even his telling. Yeah. Uh, by the way, a fitty set um, had a uh, vitamin water flavor called Formula 50. Apparently he is a big health nut. Uh, does not like drink other... Does not drink alcohol and he's such. He's a pretty big guy, too. Um, at least, I've met him before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, he's, he, I mean, he's jacked. At least he was yeah. at the time. I don't know. But um, he, uh, he, he met with them. Uh, created the, the formula and got five million dollars and a five percent equity stake in the stake in the company. Wow! Now that is a big company. Wow! Um, I don't know how much he actually wind up making uh, at the end. Uh, they think um, in 2007, um, a company acquired Vitamin Water's parent company for 4.1 billion dollars in cash. Uh, that purchase price reportedly earned uh, 50 cent. 50 cent. An estimated 150 to 200 million dollars. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Fiddy. Oh my gosh! Yeah, okay. I'm with Fiddy. So yeah. he he they gave him a what a five percent share of the yeah, company. Yeah, five percent share, and then equity. sold it for four million something. Four billion. Four billion. billion yeah. I mean, so he and got, so he got 150 to 200 million dollars. Yep, uh, roughly 75 to 100 million after wow. taxes. Wow. Not bad. Wow. That was a good move. That was a, a good. That was move. a real good move. Why uh, why can't we get deals like that? Why? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I probably well, probably Pat the and Stu and Jeffy Vitamin Water would be a huge success. People would somebody. think Jeffy was near it, though. Oh yeah, that's why we don't get it. It is not about <laughs> drugs. I was walking down the path one night going home, <laughs> and I thought, hey, I should write. Uh, I know that was an exciting telling of that story too. <laughs>
I was walking down and I wound up in a friend's house. He didn't even say the friend's house was Peter Yarrow. No. I walk out, wound up in a friend's house. I let myself. He just walked into your friend's house and sat down at his typewriter and started typing something. Why didn't you type that at your own stupid house? Because I was walking Because I was and walking and I saw it and I just had there. this in my head and I was thinking about puffing on a magic dragon, so I did. And we just let ourselves into the houses of our friends because, you know, we just were walking down the path smoking dope and being together about the song. Wasn't about drugs at all. Stop. Plus. You think it was? Oh, my gosh. Plus. But you think everything was probably about drugs. I tell you, if it wasn't about drugs, it was written while he was on some sort of hallucinogenic. So it's good enough for me. Plus, it was a horrible song by a horrible band. If I, I think it's a great song. Do you? Yeah, oh, in a, yeah, I loved it when I was a kid. I thought it was cool. Uh, I sure, thought it was a kid's it's song, great for though. Three-year-olds. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know it was a real yes. song. No, it's a real song, man. I mean, it was I, really on the radio. Oh, yeah, was I thought so of it awful. as more of a song that, like, you know, like, uh, you know, like a song that you'd sing to your yeah, children. Yeah, it's a kid's song. Three. You like, play yeah. the piano with little kids around or whatever, and play the stupid puppet. But I think leaving on a jet plane was also a little no, kid song. No, well, not at all. Oh, okay, because no. <laughs> that. And they're all bad, and they're all about that level. Leave it on a jet Never. plane? You're putting yeah. with Puff the Magic Dragon? Well, yes, done by the same people in the same kind of crappy... I don't think so. ...old-timey folk music. Was that the, wasn't that remade in, like, the 90s? Which? Leaving, Leaving on a, on jet, a jet plane, plane? wasn't it? Yeah. Steve, I don't know. Steve Miller, right? You'll look into that. No, that was Jet Airliner. Triple Eight Seven Two Seven. 7 back. More Pat and Stu coming up. Yes, yes, please. I'm leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when. Yeah. Hi. 727-Beck. Uh, boy, Fox News is just hammering home. The Donald Trump uh, has this thing all wrapped up. and They're fans. They're fans. They the, sure are. They're fans. talking about the fact that uh, Cruz um, uh, is not likely to get the support of any of the big political class in Indiana. I, I don't know if they're talking about They must be talking about Mike Pence. I mean, I, why would he not be likely to get Pence? Why would Pence go with... Of course, he could be remain he, silent and not say anything. Yeah, because I think he. Uh, or you've got either Trump or Cruz. According to uh, some of the insiders I saw on the feed earlier today when we were talking about it, he's probably a Kasich fan. Pence? Yeah. Mike Pence? Yeah. I mean, I guess he's a governor. I mean, what's happening? Same area. What has happened to that <laughs> I don't know. freaking guy? We do have some uh, word on what will happen <sighs> at the speech uh, to the appearance today with Ted Cruz. This is from Reuters. U.S. Republican presidential candidate Ted Cruz on Wednesday was expected to announce that former business executive Carly Fiorina will be his vice presidential running mate if he wins the president's nom- uh, the party's nomination. Wow. Um, the report by WMUR, an ABC station in Manchester, New Hampshire, followed a statement from Cruz that he would make a major announcement. Announcement of a running mate at this point in um, the campaign will be unusually early. Traditionally, the winners of the Republican and Democratic nominating contest announced their running mates for November's general election mm-hmm. at their party's national conventions. Uh, obviously, uh, victories, uh, from last night, they're saying basically like he needs to do something to change the narrative. Um, and of course now Trump is bashing, uh, Fiorina again. Um, oh, good luck with that. Right. Good. 
Yeah, I mean, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, and, and look, you know, the, if you look at, I, I, we've had some complaints from the audience saying that Carly Fiorina isn't conservative enough, which I, I mean, is, is I, I didn't, I have not noticed tons of examples of that, but I don't think she's, I mean, she was critical of Cruz. It was one of the issues I had with her, was she was critical of yeah. Cruz and his, his tactics. Yes. But I, we liked her from the beginning for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. One, she's serious. Two, she's smart. Mm-hmm. Three, she doesn't make lots of mistakes. Yeah. Um, and, she, and she ran a pretty good campaign. Now, remember, she came from a place that no one knew who she was outside of California, basically. I will and the also business say, uh, as you look at her uh, policy positions on each issue, I'm hard-pressed to find where she's liberal. If you just look at, at where she stands on issues, she seems pretty dang conservative to me. Yeah, um, I and mean, I know I th- there's, and like you said, she, I know she said things about Cruz earlier that pissed us off, and and that's probably why we soured on her a little bit. I I don't know, but she's really good. She's she's good uh, at speeches. She's good at defending herself. She's she's good at defending Trump. I mean, uh, Cruz, Cruz and against she, Trump. Yep. So and she it'll was be interesting to see. Really, the only person who tangled with Trump in the debates and, and won. really won. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. one well, debate. I mean, she, she went from zero percent to thirteen percent by that one debate performance. Yeah, she uh, slapped him down. Hard. And then you know, we wound up not holding that. I mean, it's hard to hold that in a field of seventeen people. But, I mean, that's the thing that everyone, I love about the a lot of the Trump people today are like, oh, your boy Cruz has finally lost. First of all, no, he hasn't. Um, he may, but he hasn't yet. Second of all, like, you know, this idea that Cruz ran this campaign and has failed. It's like, well, he's in second place out of 17 people. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that no one expected to get this far. Now, Trump might wind up beating him, which I think is a disaster for the country. Uh, certainly not something to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's a, you know, uh, Cruz it's, did a good job here. I mean, I, the fact that he's this far is pretty good. Yeah, and if he amazing. wins Indiana, he could still win this thing. It's amazing. Um, meanwhile, we thought we'd end up with a couple of fun things. Um, some We've got some movie trailers, uh, movies that are coming out, like The Infiltrator. Let's check this out. Hello? I'm home. Did it go okay? Oh, yeah. Piece of cake. Is your undercover dog? He's dead, all right. We need to send the message that drugs will not be tolerated. Listen up. Washington wants to make the biggest bust in U.S. history. Pablo Escobar and his main distributor, Roberto Alcano. Are you kidding me? Responsible for 80% of the product flooding into the country. Promise me this is the last one. A couple of team changes. Mazur, you're with Abreu. This dude's nuts. I know these people. You gotta play with them. You gotta drink with them. You gotta do everything you gotta do, man. Meet your soon-to-be wife. Damn, I need a fiance. How many undercovers have she done? It's her first one, but she was at the top mm. of her class. You don't have to worry about me. I'm a big girl. One wrong word. Here we go. One slip. My friends, welcome to the United States. business, nothing good ever comes in the absence of trust. Without it, there is no loyalty. There is no loyalty. It never ends well. This was an audition. You got the part. 
I'm all in on that. Wow, that looks good. Yeah, that honestly looks good. Looks really good. And kind of kind of badass to use the uh, uh, Ted Nugent song "Stranglehold" for yeah. it too. There you it's, go. That's that's a good move. That's a great song. Yeah, it's a, that's a really good looking. I'm disappointed trailer. in Ted right now, but uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Yes, uh, he's a Trump supporter. I know. I get oh, it. Oh yeah. Mm. And it's been posted all over my Facebook. I get it. <laughs> I don't oh. care. So there you go. Um, wow. We also uh, maybe tomorrow we can do uh, Last Days in the Desert. We have a trailer. Yeah, we'll for that. have to and check that out. There's also a new movie coming out called Snowden. Yeah. Uh, oh, and the trailer just got revealed. What's that about? For that, it's about uh, it's about a, a really big uh, snow snow Storm? event. Yeah, and yeah. then somebody gets into a den. Yeah, there's a den, okay. and there's a lot of snow in it. And no, how do you huh? get out of that den? Yeah, there's snow. You know, snow wow, there's snowed wow. in. Wow. Wow. Uh, so we're gonna. I want to see that. I mean, I want to see that trailer too. I mean, yeah, I, me too. I mean, a lot of people are like, "Well, Snowden's just a traitor," and I don't want to see. That. Like, I, you know, again, I think he's, he's a much bold. more complicated trailer. Yeah, I think he's bold. Than that. He's like a. He's like. Reese's, please. Chocolate and peanut butter. <laughs> it's okay. You can be both. Okay. Yeah, you can be both. Toodles. See you tomorrow.